the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show Friday edition. Open line Friday. You can call about anything you would like for this hour, 888-528-2557. You can call and continue with the same subject we're talking about. We can change the subject. We can talk about something in the Bible. Maybe you've got a question about the scriptures or question about Christianity. Maybe you have a comment about the news or something else going on personally. Whatever it is, maybe you want to lament the fact that the Dodgers lost 12 to nothing to the Cubs already today. And, uh, you know, that's a, that's a sad thing. But uh, whatever it is that's on your mind, that's what we do on Friday, open line Friday, 888-528-2557. You can call now, 888-528-2557. All right, as we uh, begin the conversation, uh, I want to thank everybody who participated in our ICR fundraiser and protecting uh, Christians around the world who've been persecuted uh, around the world. Thank you very much for participating in that the last couple of days. Lots of news and different things have happened since then. And uh, I want to go over something that, that happened here, That I, and it's going to fit into a little segment that we do called The Absurdity of the Week. Hey, what happened? That's terrible. Uh, yesterday, the House of Representatives passed a bill, House of Representatives on Thursday passed a bill that seeks to prohibit transgender women and girls from participating in female athletic programs, moving to the uh, moving this issue to the national stage, according to uh, one newspaper I was reading. I think it's already on the national stage, right? I think that this has been talked about for a long time. You've got Riley Gaines, who was defeated by a transgender woman in the NCAA championships, and so a, a biological male beats out her and wins the championship um, last year. And she has been talking about this. It's been all the national news. It's everywhere, this issue, right? And it's such a significant issue that, you know, whether or not this should be allowed. Should we allow transgender um, in this case? I haven't heard it ever for a transgender man who's somehow going over to the men's side and beating those guys. I suppose it's possible. But should a biological male who now considers himself to be transgender and in some cases is not really even taking uh, any medication or having anything to do other than changing the outfit, should that person be allowed to participate and compete in women's sports in school, high school, or college age, or even older? And the Republicans in the House are saying no. The Democrats said yes. It was a party-line vote, 219 to 203. And the absurdity of the week, however, is House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries, who said this about the issue. And the extreme mega Republicans are trying to sensationalize an issue that doesn't really exist in the way that they are falsely portraying. He's claiming that this issue does not really exist. 
Well, if it doesn't exist, why is the house? Now, I understand the politics of things. Sometimes things are put up there. But let me tell you how this is. To say it doesn't exist, my friends, is a scary thing to do. It's very, very Orwellian, truly Orwellian to say it doesn't exist. Obviously, it exists. We're talking about it constantly. It's on the news, cable news, almost every single day. It's flooded in the social media. It is almost every single place. Of course, it exists. I want to give you a case right now. And this is happening in, in every state. It's happening. This story I'm about to share with you is happening in every state. It's happened right here in Los Angeles. It's happened in uh, San Diego. It's happened in all, I think, probably our counties. In one way or another, it's touched on it. It's happening in schools, the YMCAs, other places where dudes are in the ladies' restrooms and the women are offended by this. And what is happening including in grade school and high school, is that it's the girls or the women who are the ones doing the offending, not the guy who has gone in there and exposed himself in the ladies' restroom. And for somebody to say that this is not a real issue, it's, you know what that is, is it's also, not only is it gaslighting, you know what gaslighting is, gaslighting is is where you say something that's just blatantly false, but you keep saying it so lo- enough so that the other person starts to doubt their own eyes and ears. It came from an old movie where a guy was, it was he was dimming the gas lights in his house uh, just a tiny bit every single day. And his wife would say, I think it's getting darker in here. And he would just berate her and say, it's not getting darker. It's not getting darker in here. And yet he was deliberately lowering the light every single day. And she starts to doubt herself. It's abusive is what it is. So you hear this term a lot these days, gaslighting. And gaslighting is just flat out lying to people about what they're seeing. And you keep, but the idea is you keep saying it. Because either people will doubt themselves or, which is the case in a lot of issues, a lot of people just aren't paying attention. So they hear what you say and they just accept it as truth because they don't know any better because their eyes and ears are shut. Um, in, in Wisconsin, in a uh, small town in Wisconsin, an 18-year-old biological male who identified as trans entered the high school locker room, high school locker room, and showered, showered naked next to four freshman girls. So he's 18, the girls are 14, all right? And in doing so, the story goes that he was fully exposed. The girls were in there in their bathing suits and kept them on after a PE class. And uh, he was, at first he was facing the wall and then slowly, you know, turned around to face them. And so what do you think happened here? What should happen here? So this is going on. This is high school. He's 18, so he's legally an adult, but still in high school. A lot of uh, high school seniors turn 18 before graduation day. What should happen here? Well, what happened here is that the girls, when they complained about this, it's the girls who get in trouble. And what the school district said to the girls, and this is not, this is not a one-off. This has happened recently in just about every place you go, including right here in our town. Okay. This is not a one-off. Here's what happened. The girls are told that if they're uncomfortable with the dude showering naked in their shower, then they need to use another restroom instead. That's what they were told. 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. And the crazy thing is that this is not a um, this is not something that is unheard of anymore. These stories are happening every day across the country in red and blue districts everywhere. I don't think this is a Republican or Democrat issue for most of us, actually. I think I don't think it's left and right. It's far left is what it is, super far left. But I think that most women, most women who are on the left, who are liberal, most men on that side believe 
that a guy who now says that he's a girl should not be showering in the women's, the girls' locker room in high school. I think, I don't think it's Republican or Democrat. It's very odd to me that it's divided up that way politically. So these girls hired, hired a group, Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty, to complain. And they explained the whole incident. And one of the things that this group has pointed out is that under federal law, this incident should have been reported to the Title IX coordinator. All right, Title IX is a 1970s-era law that gave women the right to have their own sports leagues, among other things. Right, that, that it allowed women to have women's sports. If you played girls basketball in high school, if you, played, uh, if you were on the girls' swim team, if you played uh, girls' volleyball, whatever it is that you might have played, the reason you've got that is because of Title IX. Uh, you didn't have to make the boys' team. The reason this law exists is because there are biological differences between men and women. There just are. And under federal law, it used to be that you wouldn't be allowed to do this. And also under this law, what should have happened in the school district is the girls should have been contacted by the school. The school should have supported the girls and then provided them an opportunity to file a complaint. Parents should have been involved and supportive measures for the girls should have been done. And you could have said accommodating measures for this guy in there could have been done. You could have said to the guy, you need to go in another restroom. And in fact, the school has one of those uh, unisex uh, restrooms. Um, in, in my church, we had a restroom that we were turning into unisex, right? It was, uh, and the reason why is that certain doors would be locked. And if we had groups there, there was only one restroom. And so we were looking for a sign to put on it uh, so that it would have sort of the male and female that could be used by either, either group. And uh, one of the uh, guys who was looking for that sign, he kept asking for a, instead of a unisex sign, he kept asking for a bisexual sign. <laughs> and we, uh, we don't let him forget that, you know, to this day. You know, do you have any uh, bisexual bathroom signs? Uh, they probably exist, but that's not really what he's looking for. Anyway, that's what happened here is that that type of restroom, you've been there, you know, in uh, lots of places, there's like one. And unfortunately, the men and women have to share it. And I say unfortunately because, you know, ladies, you know, something else that you should be screaming about is the, the men's rooms that you now have to share are usually not that clean, right? And, and the ladies' rooms, guys, we've learned something, that you've got, like, a couch in there. You can take a nap. You can uh, watch some television. It's a fancy place sometimes, the ladies' room, and uh, also much cleaner. Not anymore. Now we're just mixing it up, and uh, the men are wrecking it for everybody. Anyway, that this uh, the school district could have said to the the biological male, "You can use that restroom." Instead, they said, "No, he gets to use the girls' locker room and showers." And what happens for the girls is they have to find another restroom. And this same thing is happening over and over and over again. So for Hakeem Jeffries to say, and the extreme mega Republicans are trying to sensationalize an issue. That doesn't really exist in the way that they are falsely portraying. The issue does exist, and it's not just Republicans or MAGA Republicans or whoever. It's people left and right. It's people that are across the spectrum who are speaking up about this, and I think you should continue to speak up about this. This is the, the Sun Prairie Area School District. Their response was against the girls, and the policy there is this, that if in that high school you're a guy— and you want to go shower in the girls' locker room after P.E. or after a sporting event, what you have to do, the policy is, is fill out a gender support plan, and then you get to. 
You just have to have a little, you fill out a piece of paperwork where you say, I'm now a girl. You don't have to have any note from your doctor. You don't have to have, you know, any sort of medical things done to you. Nothing. Just today I'm a girl. I'm going to go use the ladies' showers. You get to do that. It's upside down. It's completely nuts. That's the world that we're living in today. Do not let anybody tell you this is not an issue. It's a huge issue. All right. It is something that is wrecking our culture. It is something that would wreck any culture. And this is also something that has developed over time. I came across a clip from the 1980s, President Reagan actually addressing parents' rights. And it's a similar issue here because in all of these issues, you know, parents are being excluded from the conversation. And parents are being frowned upon for complaining about it. And when a child, even as young as five, is having conversations with the kindergarten teacher about why he wants to be a girl or why she wants to be a boy, the parents are not required to be notified in every place. Some places they are, some places they're not. That's nuts. And listen to uh, President Reagan address the issue of parents' rights 40 years ago. Is all of Judeo-Christian tradition wrong? Are we to believe that something so sacred can be looked upon as a purely physical thing with no potential for emotional and psychological harm? And isn't it the parents' right to give counsel and advice to keep their children from making mistakes that may affect their entire lives? He's talking about uh, teaching in schools back then, sex ed teaching. So there's a lot of controversy about how young and what do you teach about sex ed. And if you're going to teach that there is... Uh, no moral side to having sex as a child or premarital sex or whatever your moral view is of it. If you're going to say that there's no moral downside or that there's no scientific downside, it was a lie. That was going on back then. That was a lie. And if you don't think it's a lie, I promise you that every person listening to this right now, every person listening to this right now, either they themselves or somebody that they know personally has been hurt emotionally or physically or both hurt by something in the sexual world. Everybody has. It's something that is very, very powerful. And back in the 80s already, the far leftists were trying to keep parents out of the whole discussion. Reagan continued with this. Many of us in government would like to know what parents think about this intrusion in their family by government. We're going to fight in the courts. The right of parents and the rights of family take precedence over those of Washington-based bureaucrats and social engineers. The reason that that clip is important is because that's 40 years ago. And what is happening, the reason that somebody can say to you that this isn't really happening, this isn't really an issue, is because this issue, it just moves forward inch by inch by inch. And you push back and it kind of stops for a while, but then it keeps moving forward. This issue to tear apart the family, this issue to tear apart our our foundations of society. And if you're wondering why there's so much violence, if you're wondering why there is so much hatred, if you're wondering why we're so divided, how about taking a step back 30, 40 years and say, where did this begin? I don't know. How about teaching people that there's no moral implications to sex at all. And what does that do to an entire generation who are now parents or even grandparents who are passing that along to their kids now? What do you think? 888-528-2557 is the number. Angel in Woodland Hills, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Pastor Scott. Hi. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just appalled 
if I was a parent, I would pull my kids out of this school. It would make their heads spin. As long as people are sending their children into these insane asylums, they will continue to go on. We have to defund the insanity. That kid should have been arrested for indecent exposure, and then he should have been given a psych or a mental evaluation. The lunatics are running the asylum, and it cannot continue to go on. Parents have to pull their kids out of these insane asylum schools. They're not even a school anymore. It's completely upside down, and the thing is, is it's not sane, and it's something that's being celebrated. And you're right, this kid, now this kid might be, and I appreciate your call, Angel. I was talking with somebody today about this, and we had two thoughts about it. And now we're talking about, okay, men who were in high school back in the 80s, okay, we've been around. And I remember having this, this sort of would come up sort of, you know, theoretically. And, you know, we both said the same thing, that as a, when we were teenagers, you sort of would joke about, you know, boys would joke about this kind of thing, but nobody would do it. And if you actually did it, you would have been immediately expelled from school. You would have been arrested if you were 18 like this guy. You would go to jail. Like 10 minutes ago, this guy would have gone to jail, and we would have been worried about that person, right? If you're the parents of this kid, you wouldn't be supporting this. You would be saying, what's wrong with my boy? You're like, what's wrong? That's And it has changed. It's either that, so this kid, we thought he either is somebody who is very disturbed, and that's why he's doing this. He has gender dysphoria or something else going on and we need he needs treatment and help and or he's a guy who leaves the locker room and goes back with his guy buddies and goes you won't believe what i got away with today and all i had to do was fill out a form and all the girls got in trouble that's the world we're living in it makes no sense but that's where we are and the reason for playing a 40 year old clip about this is that this didn't just happen overnight it feels like it happened you know like i just said 10 minutes ago it has been going on for a long time to undermine the culture, to undermine the family. If you wonder why there's so much trouble, it's there. You're going to find it right there. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. Kara Joe in Carlsbad. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Yeah, hi, um, Pastor Scott. Thank you so much. I wanted to talk about the. Um, my daughter goes to classical academies um, under the direction of Cameron Curry, and currently they, they have a male student who comes in every single day. Parents have come in into the bathrooms. The girls are all uncomfortable on the various teams. They've shared it. Parents have gone and brought things and attention, and they'll come back with, oh, we're going to be accommodating. Oh, we're going to be building bathrooms. So they sound very good. So I've kind of learned to see how they bamboozle you and they tell you what you want to hear. But then as you get into it a little bit, you begin to realize they really are siding with the educational system. When the leader of our educational system can't define a woman, you know that they're taking their cue from that. There's also this delusional lie that people think that somehow it's kind not to be telling the truth or providing counseling to these students because my heart breaks for them. I do feel like the students need some kind of direction, but they're being told that they're validating it. So every day, the girls' feelings do not matter. They've given up. They've pretty much come to the conclusion at classical academies in Escondido that it's completely fine. Um, You know, the male has the uh, has all the backing of the law. And so they will just send us the, uh, I guess, the legal ramifications, you know, that say all the rights to not bully. 
But what's happening is it's a form of silent bullying. When every day when the girls go into the bathroom, they don't get bullied per se, but the presence of a male in there is bullying. It's bullying. Every day they're there, every single day. And it's like this, they don't seem to realize that there have been schools where sexual assaults have happened. It encourages boys that may not be trans be trans, trans, but they do say, oh, I can get into the girls' bathroom. But it, let's go a step further. It's wrong. Yeah, it's, it's wrong at every, at every it's level. Wrong. And the, the thing is, Kara Joe, I think yeah. that almost everybody agrees. And I, I don't yeah. like it that it's sort of uh, people are trying to make it sort of a left-right or Republican-Democrat issue, even though that's the way that the House voted. I think most Democrats right. don't agree. I don't – I and the bullying issue – we do back down, and the line has to be drawn here in a, in a firm, kind way. I, and I think the kind way is you have to say to these guys who are doing this that there's something that they're struggling with. There's something wrong with them. Not that they, they're not, you know, they shouldn't be called, you know, a bunch of stuff on the other side, but we have it upside down. We should say, hey, if you want to do this, you're struggling, yeah. right? There's... Well, we have to take it a step further. There's something going on here that they want to change our culture. It's very, very devious. Yes. And these educators, what ba- what baffles me is the educators in our system. They, I feel like they've been so brainwashed. They don't even see they're hurting the children. Right. They don't even see they're completely brainwashed. Yeah. See, and, and that's the that's the deeper the right. level. Like it's not even as much about the transgender kid. It's about why yeah. is why are the people in yeah. power pushing this? It's something exactly. deeper. And I think it's spiritual. There's certainly, obviously, we're a Christian show, but I think this kind of confusion and anti-male and female doesn't even make any sense. It makes no sense. Why aren't, why aren't far left-wing feminists screaming mad about this? There's some who are, but everybody should be saying, no, we're not going to do this. i got to take a break. Kara Joe, I appreciate your phone call. 888-528-2557, Pastor Scott Show, Friday edition. Uh, Donnie and Ted and others, I do see your calls on there, and I'll get to you as the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com. Or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Well, the interesting thing is the four shooters, there's a black man, a Hispanic man, two white men. This is definitely a male problem. Mm-hmm. It's a gun problem. But I think looping them all together, there's you've got to take gun problems in lanes. There are, there are criminal guns that are illegally <clears throat> attained. There are uh, legally attained weapons that are most common in, honestly, school shootings. And then you've got the Second Amendment. You, you've got so many things that you can't look at it as one problem or you're never going to get to a solution. Um, I think in this instance, this instinct to shoot first is a really complicated problem with a lot of different branches. I think um, the obsession with social media, time spent on social media, the kind of numbing of something social that's antisocial. Yeah. I think the consumption of porn, and now we're getting into some of the, the probably the lane of a lot of male of all ages, video games. A lot of these things are removing that humanity, that empathy, that connection. We're also watching... Oh. We're also watching the degradation of church, and I'm not an institutional church person. I was raised in the church. I've got a lot of issues. But one thing you can say across all religions and most churches is there's a morality component. There's a duty to serve to your community, your families, to people that are different from you. There's a lot of lessons there of giving, loving, not judging. We're seeing a major reduction in attendance and, and membership in that. 
That was Sarah Haynes on a program called The View that uh, I never watch. I almost never do a clip from that program, and I think she stunned everybody on the panel. She's a, um, I would say, moderate left person. But talking about, specifically, she was talking about the gun issue, but I think it fits with the same issues that we've been talking about across the board, the boys in the women's restroom and all of those kinds of things, that we're not going to find solutions until we get deeper and really start asking moral questions. I found it very interesting that she... Uh, blame porn for a lot of that, which I think is 100% a big reason for a lot of this, a lot of the sexual abuse that we've seen all over the place, you know, including churches and schools and other places and the things that people are going through. And, you know, if we do not have, if we do not have the capability of having a moral conversation, and we don't have that capability if we don't believe there's a God, right? Because it's, it's only a higher power that gives us morals. If there is no higher power, then morals only come from whoever has the earthly power and it can change right it doesn't make it doesn't work and we've we've left that behind i think that's where we're in a lot of trouble 8885282557 lots of calls I want to get to them here uh pastor scott show ted city of angels welcome to the pastor scott show pastor scott how are you sir i'm good ted good um i just wanted to give a shout out for karen bass our our mayor of la i mean I, if I met her, I'd give her a big kiss on her cheek for her to stand up for faith-based help. And that's what we need. We, we need people, especially from the Afri- African-American community, as she is, to step up and say, no, this is unacceptable. We need all the help we can get. And that's what we need to break ground to get back to the moral compass of what we need for this country. Yeah. Um, it's just, uh, you know, once again, it's, it's, um, you know, um, a very, very dark, dark path that our country is choosing. And, and one more thing, you know, we had parents complaining about, you know, um, teachers that would discipline you with a paddle. Oh, we need to take that out of there. And then now, um, if they complain about, uh, this recent stuff of the, uh, gender, um, identity, you know, and all this sort of thing that's going on. Uh, Now they have demonized parents to say anything about that. But it was okay when they complained about um, their own kids being paddled. Then they honored that. But now we're on hold. Yeah, we've changed our entire approach to uh, how we deal with that. That's something that Sarah was saying there is that somehow we, we have lost the humanity of a lot of the conversations that we're having. Uh, And I think that's because we've dropped uh, the Lord. Uh, Ted, thanks for yeah. your call. Appreciate thanks. it. And Ted, uh, earlier this week, he's probably referring to, we had uh, Reverend Andy Bales on. Andy Bales runs the Union Rescue Mission here in Los Angeles. And Andy Bales was praising L.A. Mayor Karen Bass because part of what she has been doing with uh, the homelessness issue is she has been open to working with faith-based groups and has been open to changing the philosophy and one of the things we talk about a lot on the show and lots of other places is that the reason we have so many homeless is because the philosophy is wrong. If we don't want to treat people, if we don't believe that people can recover or we don't think they need to or we think that uh, what homeless people really need is not sobriety, they just need a house, uh, that's the wrong approach. And she has come out and done a few things that are that are against the left. And she's on the left, okay? She's a Democrat. She's on the left. And she's brave in doing that because – you know, and this happens on the far right also, but when you step away from whatever the narrative is on your side, sometimes you get brutally attacked. And Karen Bass, to her credit, is actually going against some of the things in that issue that Governor Newsom has been 
and others have been uh, promoting. 888-528-2557. Susan Woodland Hills, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hello. Hi, Susan. Go ahead. Hi, how are you? Um, uh, first of all, I'd like to say I love your show. You bring up good topics, and you let me enlighten me on a lot of things. Um, I'm calling um, about the uh, boys going in the girls' bathroom and how comfortable they're getting with it. I agree with all the callers that disagree with this um, because I feel like, you know, they're sending out another message that they're probably not thinking about is um, the boys that may pretend like they're uh, gay to be in the girls' bathroom to do whatever. I mean, they're setting mm-hmm. them up for molest- molestation. You well, know, and that's um, happened. There's a case in L.A. right now where a a trans. He says he's trans, but nobody believes it because he was he was recorded in prison talking to his dad, asking his dad to go along with the whole trans things because he assaulted a girl in a Denny's restroom somewhere, and uh, oh. he's got favorable treatment from L.A.'s district attorney because he says he's trans, but he doesn't. Nobody's you know. There's a lot of people don't believe it that he's making it up just to get that better treatment. Yeah, because, I mean, I, I'm I'm afraid for him because there's the average guy. I mean, besides the form, it might be somewhere where we don't know. They're just letting them do it because it's out of hand. But I'm more concerned about them getting molested. Uh, well, not the boys, but the girls. If a guy like a girl really, he pretend like he has to use the bathroom, he can be in one of those stalls and, and rape a person. Yep. I mean, you know, And that has I, happened. I, um, so there are, yeah, there's, there's you know, I think what it is, uh, Susan, is there are legitimate reasons for women and girls to be concerned and afraid about a man in the bathroom or the showers. Yeah, right? for that, sure. That, too. Yeah, there's legitimate reason. Even if he really is harmless and doing his own thing, it's still, number one, it's odd, it's uncomfortable. But number two, there's legitimate reason for her to be concerned about her, her personal health and safety. Exactly, because yeah. I, I, I'm thinking about my safety now. Why can't I be out? somewhere in a public bathroom and uh, somebody come out there like that or is waiting in one of those public bathrooms because they're letting them do it. Yep. It's, it's wrong. It's, it's a wrong big problem, and, and we've got to draw the line on it. We have to do it and yeah. care for people right, who are going through stuff, but you can't, you can't change male and female. It doesn't work. No, no, and it's wrong. It doesn't speak it in the it does speak it in the Bible, but I guess those are people that don't don't believe in the Bible. Yeah, but you know, even people who don't believe in the Bible, most of them are on this page. You know, male and female has been something people have understood, and they've understood, you know, heterosexual and homosexual for all of human history, also, right? But this this is different. And uh, yeah, the world is just all twisted, and sometimes I think they throw a wrench in and out there uh, to keep us entertained, keep our minds entertained from what they're really doing or what's really going on or whatever they're trying to pull over our heads the next day or two. Yeah, well, and it is foundational to our society. I think that's what it is. Susan, thanks for calling and listening to the Pastor Scott Show. Thank you. Thank right. you, show. Thank you. 888-528-2557. It is Open Line Friday. We'll talk about whatever it is you'd like to talk about today. 888-528-2557. Vicki, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Thank you. Hi, Pastor Scott. Hi. Uh, um, Yeah, I just wanted to say from a biblical worldview um, regarding the issue with, you know, men thinking that they're women and vice versa and all of this stuff. Well, in Romans and Thessalonians, it talks about how God gave them a strong delusion and handed them over to do the things that they ought not do because they weren't thankful. And then in Thessalonians, it says 
that uh, they did not have a love for the truth, right? Right. And I'm not saying we shouldn't pray for these people because some of them do come to Christ. They really do, mm-hmm. and their whole life changes, and they love Jesus and all of that. But just saying that, you know, that seems like what's happening, that they're being handed over to this delusion, and they, they, don't, they really believe what they believe, right? Yeah. Let me ask you this question. Who are, who are the more... Uh, who is who has more delusion? Who's the more delusional? I should say the the kid who believes that he is uh, the opposite gender, or the politicians or academics or whomever is saying that it's okay for the uh, boy to go in the girls' restroom. Who is who is really the worst in this? I I think they're all under a delusion, really. I mean, right. you know that. Yeah, they're all under. They're all a under a delusion. I think I think that the ones who uh, aren't suffering from gender dysphoria, mm-hmm. who are pushing this, I think are uh, a bigger part of the problem. Actually, uh, right. You know, both delusional. I think you're 100 percent right. Thank you, Vicky, for your call. Uh, Thank you, Scott. Yeah, eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. You know the the idea that the Lord gives us over. You know. There's a lot of you know theological debate about how does you know does the Lord punish us for our sins today? Is that the same as Old Testament? Those kinds of things, you know, whatever it is you think about that, if you just bring it down to the Lord allows us to have the consequences of our own behavior or our own belief, whether that's punishment or whether that's just the way things are are done in the reality of the spiritual and physical and emotional world, there is great distress when we do not live for the Lord. There is great distress when we do not follow him. There is great pain. There is great suffering. And lots of people involved in all of this, you know, they get trampled on because of the political nature of it. But there are people, kids, kids especially we're talking about right now in these issues who are, in my view, it's abuse. And it's abuse coming from people who are saying that you're okay when they're not okay. And abuse coming from people who actually manipulate people into, especially when you start making decisions uh, about you know, carving stuff off of your body, your genitals, or making decisions about, uh, you know, as a young person in particular, about puberty blockers and things like that, irreversible physical decisions that most people, that we know most people do not want to do when they get a little bit older. It's abuse. And we're going to have a whole lot of uh, young people who are angry and hurt. We're already seeing it. I think that's what a lot of the shouting is about. People who have actually been abused is not to support them or to say that uh, they shouldn't be accountable for their actions, but there is something a lot deeper. I think they have been wounded by people who have lied to them and pushed them in that direction. That's what I believe. And that's why we've got to kindly but boldly speak out for what is true about male and female. All right, Pastor Scott Show, it's Open Line Friday. You can call about anything you'd like to call about. The number is 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. I'll be back as the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. And a big part of it is that the entire culture has been dumbed down in many respects by euphemisms, by weasel words, by imprecise language. And that's why I like to talk about marriage being the license, for lack of a better term, to have children. Not boyfriend, girlfriend, 
not monogamous relationship, not long term partnership, not situationship, not cohabitation, marriage. That was uh, Delano Squires. He is a research fellow at the Conservative Heritage Foundation, and he was being interviewed talking about the need for marriage and the the need for bringing marriage back, not in the sense of uh, certainly he would support, I think, probably the, the, the legal issues, but really people understanding why marriage is important, marriage between a man and a woman and for raising kids. You know, it became something... You know, we're often we say when we're dealing with that issue, you know, love is love and whatever. And it's hard to argue with that for most people, right? If you just define it as, hey, if two people want to do that, that's fine. But when we're looking around at a society collapsing, which we are looking at, maybe there's something else to it that maybe it isn't about, hey, if two people want to go do something and have a contract with the state for it, uh, that's one thing. But how are we actually building a society, and this is what he's talking about. And he said something I thought I kind of enjoyed it. Here's what he said: Kids understood when, when you were growing up in the schoolyard. I know it was the case when I came along. The kids understood, right? Chris and Christina sitting in the tree. K i s s i n g. First comes love, then comes marriage, then comes baby in the baby carriage. But now what we have is Chris and Christina staring at their screens. T e x t i n g. First comes sex. Then comes baby, then comes marriage, but that's a big maybe. Those two paths are going to put you in two completely different def- destinations. And, and I think we need to get back to the first one, and we need to be unapologetic about beating that drum wherever we go and regardless of who it is that we're talking to. You know, I said that as a kid, you know, uh, here's so-and-so-and-so, and so K-I-S-S-I-N-G, that whole thing. He's right, isn't he? I mean, that, and when I hear that, I go, gosh, you know, that is a, a crazy uphill battle that is going to have to be fought. But it's a big part of culture that we have, we have lost so much of, of what was understood to be how you build society, how you build a family, the importance of family. It matters greatly. This is uh, uh, something that we can't let go of. And they, but it also has to start with us because it's really easy to point at some other group or these other people out there and we'll look at what they're doing and look at what this group is doing. We have to look at ourselves. You know, I think Jesus also, when he talked to us about taking the log out of our own eyes so that we can see clearly enough to take the speck out of our neighbor's eyes, this is partly what he means because marriages in the church have to get better. You know, marriage, it used to be an apologetic for Christianity. It's the representation of Jesus in the church, right? It, it was something that Christian marriage is what you wanted to have. And for, you know, for all the criticism that's out there, Christian marriage is still pretty good, but we're still struggling a lot. A lot of divorce, a lot of, there's still a lot of abuse and lots of stuff. It has to start with us. And it's all right to talk about the culture. And it's all right to say we got to change things. But if it doesn't start with us, the culture, and by the culture, I mean people who aren't listening normally, they're certainly not going to listen if they don't see an example of it. If the church is not seen as, hey, you know, not everybody's perfect and there's a lot of people struggling and marriage is hard, but those Christians over there, I'm not sure what I think about their Jesus and I'm not sure what I think about the Bible, but those Christians out there, they have better marriages. That's the reputation that we need to have. And that's how it becomes an apologetic again. You know, as we talk about these things, we have to take a look at ourselves. You know, what are we doing? Are we participating in, in it again? All right, this is uh, the Pastor Scott Show, Open Line Friday. 
We'll talk about anything you want to talk about. Just a couple of moments left. I wanted to mention before we go that uh, a uh, a friend of our show, colleague Larry Elder, uh, made an announcement yesterday. My announcement, Tucker, is that I'm announcing that I'm running for the presidency of the United States on your program. And thank you wow. so much for giving me this honor and this platform. Of course. Uh, my website is elderforpresident.com, elderforpresident.com. And Tucker, the reason I'm doing this is because, you know, my father was a World War II vet. He served in, in, on, on the island of Guam. He was a Marine, first black Marines. They were called Monfort Point Marines. My older brother, my late older brother, Kirk, was in the Navy during the Vietnam era. And my little brother, Dennis, actually served in Vietnam in the Army. I'm the only one who didn't serve, and I don't feel good about that. Uh, I feel I have a moral, a religious, and a patriotic duty to give back to a country that's been so good to my family and to me. And that is why I'm doing this, Tucker. All right. So Larry Elder running for president. He is a former candidate, of course, for governor in California and former talk show host and actually did his show from this very chair uh, not too long ago. And uh, so lots of people are getting into into the race. So, uh, you know, we wish him the best uh, for those of us here uh, who know him, and uh, there's other people getting into the race race on the Democratic side. Uh, RFK Jr., listen to this. What we need in the United States is not division. What we need in the United States is not hatred. What we need in the United States is not violence and lawlessness. Now that's RFK Sr. talking now, and you'll hear Jr. in a second. But is love and wisdom and compassion toward one another. Every nation has a darker side, and the easiest thing for a politician to do is to appeal to our hatred and our anger and our bigotry and greed and xenophobia and all of the alchemies of demagoguery. My father and my uncle had a vision for America, a vision of racial harmony, of prosperity for all Americans, of peace in the world, and of honest government. Their lives were tragically cut short, and America took a different path. Yet the possibility they foresaw is still alive. The America that almost was, and yet may be. All right, interesting times. You know, two different voices and two different parties, but I think have a lot to add to the conversation. RFK Jr., Robert F. Kennedy Jr., he got 14% in a recent poll there. You know, President Biden, the rumors are that he's going to announce his his run next week. I'm still in the, the place where even if he announces that he's running, I still think he's eventually going to drop. I'm going to hold to that. Even if he makes some big announcement next week that he is officially running, I still think, uh, I don't know. And it's, it's, I got my reasons for that. Mostly it's age. It's just like, well, you know, he's going to be 82. He'll be 81, almost 82. In fact, I think he'll turn 82 right about the time the presidential debates are going to happen. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll have to wait and see. But regardless of what it is, I have this little book that I enjoy. It's called How to Be President. (laughs) <laughs> and it actually tells you what, what's going to happen uh, once you become president. I figure I'm going to need it one day, so I just hold on to it. And uh, kidding, just kidding. Um, you know, one of the things that you do when you become president, if Larry Elder becomes president, one of the first things that he's going to have to do is plan for his funeral. That's kind of morbid, right? But that's, uh, that's, that's what you do. You know what the, one of the second things you do as president is you record your speech that they use at Walt Disney World in the Hall of Presidents. Are you familiar with what that is? If you go to Disneyland out here, they've got the uh, the uh, Lincoln thing where Lincoln gets up and gives a speech, and I always go in there and you know hide in the air conditioning for a while. It's a great little thing, and uh, Lincoln actually stands up and starts talking to you, an animatronic Lincoln. It's kind of creepy, but in Walt Disney World, they got all the presidents 
And they all use the president's voice, the real president's voice, to give sort of a speech about America and what the president say. And every time there's a new president, they take the animatronic, you know, the animatronic Biden will eventually move to the back row and they'll put an animatronic Larry Elder or whoever is going to be president uh, there. And they say roughly the same speech. That's kind of how they do it in uh, at, uh, Florida. A funny thing happened whenever Donald Trump became president is that his his animatronic guy was was late. And they, for a long time, they didn't have the Donald Trump president uh, animatronic at Disney World. And people were asking, why? Why is it not in there? And they finally put him in there. And the and you can Google this if you want to go take a look at it. The funny thing about it is that when you look at it, most of these animatronics are pretty close. Like the Biden really looks like Biden, you know, as far as, a, you know, a doll is going to look like an animatronic Disney guy. Most of them are pretty close, but the Trump one is very different. The Trump one has Hillary's face and Trump's hair. And the rumor is, is that they were so convinced that Hillary was going to win, they didn't bother to wait till the election to make the animatronic. They made an animatronic Hillary, President Hillary Clinton, and then she didn't win and they didn't know what to do. Do we just throw it away? Do we eat the money? And they finally decided, you know what, let's throw Trump's hair on Hillary's head and uh, see if we can get away with it. I think that's what they did. I don't know. Anyway, uh, that they fixed it in 2021. Did they fix it? You were looking. Wilbert's telling me they fixed it in 2021 because everybody goes in there and that goes. That's that's Trump's hair, but that's Hillary's face. <laughs> anyway, that's that's something that happens. And uh, you know, you can get this little book. It's called uh, you know how to be president. It tells you uh, you know how to order breakfast in the White House, how to do all this stuff. It's kind of this crazy crazy little book. Um, and, uh, you know, a pretty cool thing. Hey, um, we are just about out of time here. I see some calls coming in, but I got a hard break in uh, 20 seconds. And I'm not sure if I can pronounce your name, Siavash, it looks like, but you can send me an email at pastorscott at kkla.com, pastorscott at kkla.com. And if you'd like the podcast of this episode, maybe you called in, you want to show your, share it with your friends, uh, go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, or go to the kkla.com app. You can go to the app, the KKLA app. It's right there on the front. You can get the podcast of our show. Subscribe, share with your friends, the Pastor Scott Show. I am Pastor Scott. I hope that you have a great weekend. God bless you, and I will see you from 3 to 5 on Monday. Have a great weekend. Good night. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.